0: You know, If you set it up correctly and they're paying for themselves by the sales that they bring in, then why cap them? The more they sell, the more they make, the more you win as an organization. Welcome to One Next Step, the most practical business podcast in the world, helping you get more done, grow your business, and lead your team with confidence with tips and tools you didn't get in business school. Here are your hosts, Trisha Shortino and Lisa
1: Ziveld. Welcome to One Next Step, the practical business podcast that helps you run your business so it stops running you. I'm LZ, and today we're going to talk about a topic that every business leader connected to sales is interested in, and that is compensation plans. Our good friend, my good friend, Lisa Seal, the Vice President of Revenue here at Belay, is joining us for a second time, because y'all, you know, she killed it. She absolutely killed it. And I am So excited that she agreed to come back one more time. She is brilliant in sales and so many other areas of our business, and she's had years of experience with this very topic. She's going to talk to us about how she's helped Belay structure a compensation plan that's beneficial to both Belay and our sales staff. And y'all, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Our sales staff loves it and they're killing it, and they make a ton of money. So everybody's winning, right? That's what we want. Lisa is amazing at designing a plan and then making sure that the plan gets carried out in the most efficient way. So let's get started with Lisa Seal.
0: Thank you for having me again. You said one more time. Is this it? I don't get to come back? okay, just making sure. I'm going to keep having you come back (laughs) again
1: and again because you're so talented in many other areas of business and sales is just one of them. So definitely, if you keep wanting to join us, if you're okay joining us, we'll keep on having you back. Absolutely absolutely honored thank you good well i want to start us off with a little fun question get all of our listeners kind of primed up let them hear our our, you know chatter our fun personalities so Mm
0: -hmm.
1: oh and this is going to be a good one i can't wait because i know i think i know what your answer is going to be (laughs) if you could live
0: anywhere when you retire where would it be oh that's a good one i'm gonna have to go with mexico Chips oh, and guac You for life. surprised me. And Margaritas. Yeah. Okay. If I could live anywhere and it didn't matter, that would be where. Is yeah. there a particular place in Mexico? I love the, the um, Yucatan Peninsula because of the Caribbean mm. Sea. It's so pretty, beautiful, blue water. It's n- unlike any other part of Mexico that I've been in. I mean, margaritas, chips and guac, I mean, you, you got it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Well, I'm going to let our, our
1: listeners in on a little secret and that you gave a awesome motivating presentation, pre- professional development to our ballet team. And, um, and really talked about the plan for you and your husband. So I said, I thought I kind of knew um, what that would be. But your kind of real life retirement plan is yeah. uh, a beautiful cabin mm-hmm. in um, in the north of Michigan. So I, I felt really smart. Like I knew you were going to say that. And then you surprised me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So when you throw it out there, like anywhere, dream big. I mean, sure, it'd be yeah. awesome to, to retire on a beach. Reality is, yes, I want to retire in a beautiful cabin in the middle of northern Michigan um with my husband and yes that is that is their their realistic dream but
1: getting yeah. crazy
0: it's like you yeah, know a beach in Mexico. Mexico sure why not yeah <laughs> I love that and I'm sure that the children and grandbabies
1: would be more than happy to come to Mexico too so that's right they'll visit me there they'll visit yeah. anywhere right anywhere Hopefully. yes <laughs> Yes. Well, again, thank you for joining us. And, you know, compensation plans, especially around sales teams, is such a hot topic. Mm -hmm. You know, we have great playbooks and great resources to use. When we look at base compensation for employees Mm -hmm. across the board, Um, and a lot of those really fancy tools. We'll also talk about bonuses, But sales Mm -hmm. compensation plans um, to really reinforce the behaviors that you want to see as an organization are hard to nail down because you really do want everyone to win. Mm -hmm. And I love the fact that you really do put our team members first, but it never makes it feel like Belay is going to lose out, that our organization is going to lose out. So, you know, what should a company have in place first before designing their compensation structure for their team?
0: Mm, yeah, that's a good question. I, I think the most important thing for them to have in place first is an understanding of the value of a sale or a win, whatever mm. that is. What is its value? And whether you have to put that in you know, monthly numbers or an annual number, what is the number? What is the value of that? And then weigh that against the potential payout for a salesperson. They, they need to have that number to start with. And then of course, having your understanding of the industry standard that they, they live within. So every industry is a little different and it's commission payouts. And what's the standard rate um, and making sure that their pricing and that their um, their sale value is going to be able to handle the commission, the standard commission payout. Um, and then the, uh, the third part of that is the length of the sales cycle. So you need to know how long it takes from, the first point of contact with that salesperson to actually achieve the win or the to see the value of that sale that that would be the other part of that and overall the reason you want to know that is the cost of the salesperson should be covered by what they're selling right? right so when it's done right they pay for themselves that is the ultimate goal yeah i love that yeah because the
1: worst thing that you want to do is um bring on a new team member or create a compensation plan that um, they can't actually survive on. Right. Or that requires them to maybe compromise the values of your organization or their personal values because they're just trying to make the sale. That's right.
0: That's right, Yeah. yeah.
1: So what are some of the common
0: mistakes leaders make when designing the plan? First and foremost, I'd say not giving direction to the salesperson. Um, They may have a plan, but they don't go as far as actually the execution of the plan. Um, So they need to make the salesperson have that target so they can be effective and so they can actually achieve it or come close to achieving it. Um, Because if you send somebody out there without that direction or that target or an achievable number, you're gonna lose momentum very quickly and you're never going to see the value of what that salesperson could effectively bring your organization. Wow. Um, that that would be one of the biggest ones that I can see. And then the other one I see um, quite often is capping the salesperson's potential earnings. You know, oh. if you set it up correctly and they're paying for themselves by the sales that they Bring in, then why cap them? The more they sell, the more they make, the more you win as an organization. So that mm-hmm. would be probably the biggest one.
1: Yeah. And here at Belay, I mean, I think that we accomplish that with even some accelerators, right? So you're either, I mean, I feel like it's a double motivation to mm-hmm. not go to that, you know, kind of what people would see maybe is they're just their quota, but to exceed their quota. That's right
0: absolutely yeah Yeah, you never want them to and we talk about this a lot is you never want them to have a reason to what we say sandbag if you stop the incentives they're just going to hold wins for the next month or the next quarter because you've capped them
1: yeah i feel like that happens in a lot of maybe automotive industries or you know sales folks that do that so Mm -hmm. I mean I just kind of let the cat out of the bag about one incentive that we do here at Belay that sort of accelerator but let's talk more about other um, additional incentives and what business owners should
0: consider before even putting them into place yeah so before you put it into place um, the word that comes to mind there is integrity Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is salespeople are uber competitive, and you you mentioned this earlier. They're super competitive, and they're super driven to win. So having a salesperson or a team with integrity is key, uh, yeah. because you can dangle the carrot, and you want to make sure that the way they get to that carrot is is actually in line with the visions of value of your values of your organization. So that is that is key. Once you're certain of that ask yourself if the incentives that you have in place are encouraging the behaviors that you actually want. Sure. Like I said, does that monthly quota encourage sandbacking? Mm-hmm. or are you, are you setting it up to where it doesn't matter where they bring it in, in, you know, June versus July, they still get to, to see the, the um, accomplishment and it's not hurting anybody by them, not reaching it in one month versus the next right that would be a big one and then the accelerators that you put in place are they realistic because if they're not again you're just going to see that motivation and that momentum that the salesperson potentially has just dwindle away because they don't feel like they can reach a goal they're just going to stop trying so making sure that those incentives are are actually achievable not all the time but that they're there to, to be reached.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and, and I'm going to kind of, you know, go a little rogue here. But it just has me thinking about even the role of like a sales manager in that too. And how important it must be for them to really understand the characteristics of a good salesperson, like you said, it's watching, you know, really, are they a good culture fit? Do they have integrity, kind of getting to know them as a person. So that way you can, you know, maybe feed them more leads, you don't want Mm -hmm. it to get too easy. Um, perhaps if they're on an inbound sales team, you know, if they're outbound, are they actually talking to the right folks? So I would imagine you have to really lean, um, as our vice president, you have to really lean into your sales manager to help accomplish all this and and really execute on the compensation plans that are created.
0: Yeah, absolutely, especially when they're hiring, right? So you wanna make sure that when they're hiring a salesperson, like you said, that they are a, a good culture fit um, and, and here at belay we we make sure that the salesperson being the frontline person is is bringing in the type of client that we actually can serve well we don't want to set anybody up for um, failure and so they are the filter that we use to make sure that when a client does come through the door we can serve them well they're bought into our model and we can actually see success from this rather than just signing anyone and everyone who we may not actually be able to do a a really good service with.
1: imagine that unless you are a brand new organization, you're going to have people in your team with different amount of tenure, different amounts of experience, uh, different sales styles. Um, and so as I'm thinking about creating a compensation plan, should we ever just create one for individuals? Or should we really create a compensation plan that fits
0: the entire team? I believe you have to fit it for the entire team. Um, And so I personally, I back into that number. Mm. I like to take the the goal of the organization's revenue goal and what part of net new sales is responsible? What percentage of that revenue goal is the sales team responsible for? And then backing into that down to monthly and number of salespeople. So your team is responsible for a number how many people are a part of that team is really based on the volume that you have of leads whether that's uh, outbound leads or inbound leads to determine how many people that is or that ends up being for t- the to um, actually create the team that being said any new salespeople are going to be on guarantees and an onboarding that makes sense to get them Mm. up to speed to have the same quota as everybody else Um, and that's where your accelerators come into play Um, and i said not everybody's going to hit the accelerator so you might Mm. have a, a quota set that not everybody reaches and that's okay that gives you an opportunity to raise up those that are not and celebrate those that are meeting and exceeding it that makes sense For a business leader or owner
1: that's listening right now, and really without any intentional, strategic, um, you know, comp plan for their team, what sort of advice would you give them? That does not have a comp plan yet for their team? Yeah, so say maybe they or maybe it's real simple. Maybe they've got somebody, I mean, I actually know a couple of friends um, who have folks Mm -hmm. who are selling for them, and they're just on a salary, like flat salary you know, no real compensation plan that kind Mm -hmm. of pushes them to maybe drive more sales. So, you know, where do they start
0: there? Uh, Like I said, in the beginning, you have to make sure it's a win-win. The business certainly has to win. That's the whole point of having a salesperson, but the salesperson has to feel they've achieved something. And salespeople typically are very coin-operated. And so it's the easiest way to Have them feel that is a bigger paycheck and a bigger commission. So, so making sure that overall it is a win win. It should never feel like a burden. Like I said, to the business owner that they've hired a salesperson, and the salesperson should never feel like it's impossible to reach the expectations. Hiring a salesperson like I said, it really should be easy as it relates to your budget. It should be a simple pays for itself. I don't have to actually overly budget for this. Obviously I have to just make sure that the sale value equals more than equals the, the cost of the salesperson. And then from the salesperson pers- perspective, like I said, being successful in meeting quotas feeds their, um, their competitive nature that needs to be fed.
1: Sure. So maybe if they've gone the route of just having somebody on a base salary, and they haven't had really any sort of bonus, or true compensation plan that um, they win when they sell more. I Mm -hmm. I mean, it could be that that person once you create, and I feel like we've gone through this a couple of, you know, iterations, they actually might not be the right person for you.
0: Absolutely, I have to say, <laughs> if there's a salesperson accepting a base salary without a commission, they're not a salesperson. They're just yeah. checking boxes and doing the, you know, they're just doing the bare minimum. You you really should always see growth with a good salesperson in what they're bringing in, and how can you measure that if they're only making a base pay that doesn't incentivize them? to do more um and so it's that incentive that is super important one of the other things that you just made me think of in in one of the common mistakes is not paying a full commission because they haven't reached quota and so they're always getting dropped down you know if you're at 80 percent of quota then you only make 80 percent of your commission and again it's in that negative feeling for the salesperson that it hurts motivation and so you have to make sure that you're motivating them to achieve what you're actually expecting. And again, it's it's are you incentivizing the behaviors that you actually need out of this person?
1: Yeah, yeah. And so I would imagine that for somebody who's maybe not used to this, really understanding how much this role costs their business. Like you said, from the beginning, they have to pay for themselves. So mm-hmm. you really have to understand the metrics of your business, the lifetime customer value. That's- All of those things that may seem a little bit foreign uh, to those who are listening right now, but it's just understanding the metrics of your business so much better. So you can hire people, retain people, especially in the economy right now, retain people who are excited to work for your business and just want to sell their little tails off.
0: Yes, yes. (laughs) Creating a loyalty with a salesperson is probably one of the biggest advantages you can have in your particular industry mm-hmm. Salespeople, by trade and i would say by reputation can be very fickle and it's because they are mm-hmm. chasing that dollar and so if you're giving them the opportunity to always have a tangible target that they can actually achieve fairly mm-hmm. regularly You are going to build loyalty with that person and they will only do more for your business and help grow that business and they will become a partner in your business that you can't do without versus that churn and burn mentality where you're just not building that loyalty and your customers will feel that. Yeah, I know
1: uh, our founder uh, used to say that his hope was that our sales team made the most money out of everybody else, you know, out of all of our team members. And I think we as a leadership team really embody that, that we want them to do really well. And so we created a plan that they could win. And as you said, I mean, there is little to no turnover on that team, which is sometimes a little disheartening (laughs) for other team members who want to join. Uh, So we don't ever have anybody leave, but we do add new positions. And so when new positions come up, people just jump at it. And I think that speaks volumes to Mm -hmm. what you've created on that team. So kudos to you for really creating something that's super valuable. A little, you know, I'm going to go a little rogue here, but I think that one of the things that comes to mind is something that we changed I want to say this year, mid last year, and I think this. there's probably some businesses out there that might appreciate this, is that at some point, we really focused on the number of sales, number mm-hmm. of new contracts, mm-hmm. right? And I think it's really easy for folks to think of number. Mm-hmm. And then we switched and said, nope, let's not let it be about numbers, but let's it be about revenue. And we really did that across the entire company. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to kind of touch on that for a second, because I think it's really easy for people to think numbers make sense. I need five new contracts. Let's focus on that. But tell us maybe a little bit more about your thought process behind that and, and how it was was
0: received. Yeah, yeah. So it was a couple of years ago. I, I really decided that it was time to focus, like you said, on the revenue, so the value of the, of the sale mm-hmm. and make that part of the quota for mm-hmm. the sales team, rather than you have to sell 10 contracts this, this month because the value of that contract matters. And so a salesperson can feel like they've, exce- they've, they've met quota or exceeded quota, but the value of those sales were less than the person that sold half of the number of contracts Um, and so changing the focus to the value of the sale one got them to buy in more um, and two also made them aware of the the value of the contract they were sending out to the client to make sure it was in line with the client's needs if your quota is 10 and you're at eight and it's the 30th of the month and you can sell two really tiny little contracts to get yourself at quota. Well, I mean, yes, you did it, but how good do you feel about that versus yeah. you have a dollar number that you're chasing, you have a value of a contract that you're following, are you meeting it feels a heck of a lot better. And so the, the motivation of the team increased significantly, and it also made them understand our business a little bit more.
1: Yeah, I love that. It just dawned on me. And I'm like, you know what? That was too good not to talk about. So thank you (laughs) you for obliging and kind of giving us a little bit more information. I have another favor. This has been so good. And I know that we're at time because we want to be the most practical business podcast in the world and keep it nice and short and succinct. But I do have another question for you. So would you mind hanging around for just one more? Of course. Awesome, be happy awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much. Um, hey, guys, listeners, I am going to be asking Lisa about designing successful comp plans. Now, you're not going to want to miss this. So please subscribe to our email list and we will send you a link to our bonus content. Or you may visit one next Step where you can find the link to all of our show notes, including this one. Well, wow, thank you, Lisa, so much for joining us today. She was phenomenal, and I am thrilled that she was able to give you guys some insight on how Belay creates a phenomenal compensation plan for our sales team and even our account management team. For me, one of the big takeaways, and I kind of said this at the end of the interview, was how she changed it from a quantity of sales, right? So how many units were being sold, to really revenue focused. And you guys, I cannot emphasize it enough. When we made this change in Belay, it really changed the mindset of our entire team across the board. Not only was our sales team not focused on a Number, a unit that they had to sell. But also, again, our account managers started to talk about our business and revenue numbers, and it trickled down all the way across to our, our talent acquisitions team, our human resources team. And now, as an organization, we're all on the same page, and that is how much can we grow this business? How many lives can we change? And best yet, what we talked about today is how to compensate a team so that they are lock in step with you so you can all do this together. You keep them a long time. They become great ambassadors for your organization. So, Lisa, I know it was fantastic. I hope, listeners, that you guys enjoyed it and that you are taking something away from this. And I have even more takeaways for you. You know we love to give you downloads. You're not going to want to miss this one so that you can take your one next step. It is the Sales Compensation Plan Template. Now, you'll be able to use this to build your first compensation plan. Perhaps you've got a salesperson, like I talked about. I got friends who have salespeople just solely on a strict salary. We, w- we don't want to do that. We want to incentivize them to sell more so you can use this plan to create something for the first time. Or better yet, if you already have a compensation plan for your sales team, this resource is going to help you maybe add a few things to it and uh, and that's always a win-win. In order to get this fantastic resource, you're gonna to want to text the phrase one next step to 31996 or visit one next steppodcast.com and you will get access to this fantastic resource to keep you moving forward. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Until next time, lead wisely and lead well. Start by making today count. Next week, we'll be joined by Brian Kelly, a strategic advisor, investor, and founder of Stroke of Genius. His incredible system helps business leaders identify and retain the most relevant content and business books for them. And he'll be sharing with us how you can do the same thing. Guys, you don't wanna miss it. Check out this brief clip of our chat with Brian.
0: A mentor of mine once told me, we write to remember, but we remember because we
1: write. So it's very important to be diligent about taking notes while reading. The brain science basically says that when we write, it stimulates our memory first and foremost. So it activates all different parts of our brain that we don't use when we read. Thanks for listening to One Next Step. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. Then join us next time for more practical business tips and tools to help you get more done, grow your business, and lead your team with confidence. For more episodes, show notes, and helpful resources, visit OneNextStepPodcast.com.